welcome to episode three of Athletics Weekly's new and exclusive podcast. It's based on our Ask the Athlete video series, where we dive into the lives of world-class athletes through questions sent through by you, members of the public. What makes them tick? What's their mentality? What processes have made them the athletes and person they are today? On this episode, we go back to a recording we did in March with Sally Gunnell, Olympic, World, European, two-time World Cup, and five-time Commonwealth champion. She chats to AW about the reason for changing from 100-metre hurdles to 400-metre hurdles, the balance between needing to achieve and the fear of failure after she won Olympic gold at Barcelona in 1992, her love of hill sessions, and so much more. Uh, I'm Sally Gunnell. Um, I was 400 hurdler and as the only woman to hold Olympic, World, European, Commonwealth and break the world record all at the same time back in the early 90s, so a long, long time ago, but uh, great memories. So some great questions here. First one is, what does it mean to be one of the few British athletes to have achieved the Grand Slam of holding all four major titles at, at the same time? And I think it's not until you retire that you start looking back at all those things and what you've achieved. I think I was very lucky to have win the hardest one first, which is that Olympics. So the others sort of just rolled on. And I just had an amazing sort of three or four years where I was fit and I was healthy and I was able to do that. So yeah, sometimes I still have to remind myself that I actually did all those things. And especially when we have the, the sort of group around, you realise just how hard it is really. So yeah. Um, what era do you think is more competitive, your era or this era? Um, I think it's I think it's about the same. I think it's often about um, depth of the event and of course if you look at you know the 400 hurdles we had there was some great talent at the time with Sandra and Janine Vickers and Tanya Buford and people like when I was running um, and now obviously there's so much depth at that world record pace as well so I think it often depends on the actual event and often you have that don't you that flow of some events stronger and others are weaker for a few years so I think it's just just as competitive as ever. Did you have any motivational problems after winning the Olympic gold? Um, no, I think it, it, it changed. It wasn't so much motivation. I think I was, I was all of a sudden propelled into I'm scared of failure. Um, and I had to change the mind concept of all of a sudden, you know, not being a favourite to being a favourite. And I think that's where that whole piece around failure was like, oh, gosh, you know, I didn't want that to be. And that's why I trained hard. And I set myself new challenges and goals straight away after that Olympics. And I think that really helped. And, and I always just remember my coach, Bruce Longdon, saying to me, you're only ever as good as your last race, which is just so true. And, and that gets you out of training because you just realise that. Um, what made you switch from 100 hurdles to 400 hurdles? What is your choice of your coach or someone else suggesting it? Um, it was the choice of my coach and I just won the 100 metre hurdles in the Commonwealth Games in Edinburgh and he just sort of said to me, he said, you know, it's, it's great but it's not world class and probably ranked me, I don't know, 20th in the world or something like that. And he, and he was the one that just said, look, I think you'd make a great 400 hurdler and I just remember thinking, God, that's a horrible event and 
you know, it, it hurt. Why would I want to do it? You know, I'd done the heptathlon, which was, was horrible and hurt. Um, and then I'd done the lovely 100 hurdles, which was amazing. But it was, you know, I didn't know whether I could do it. I didn't know whether I liked it. Um, and we just tried it. And he was so right. And I guess because I was technic technically good and I had basic strength, it was just you know, and it was the speed that was in there. And it just, it just clicked within sort of three or four races almost. So yeah, whether he had that planned in his mind for years beforehand, I wouldn't be surprised. What goes through your head when hitting a hurdle? Um, hitting a hurdle is, is, is just the norm. It always happens. And I think the thing is that you, yeah, you know, you, you're doing it all the time in training, you're doing it in racing and it's to, it's to not go to the negative and give up. And I think that's what I learned over the years. It's like, it's part and parcel of it. Um, you just got to get back into it. And I think the number of times that I was able to do that and get back into my stride pattern and get back into the race, um, then the better. And it, it, again, it's a mindset thing rather than just thinking, oh, I've hit herd or give up. It was like, right, get back into it. And I had to trigger that in my mind almost and sometimes I used to cross the line and look down at my knee and go oh hang on a minute that must have really hurt because I don't know you're just so engrossed in the race um that you just move on I think in some respect I think that the stuttering was was sometimes the hardest thing that put you off and when you don't get that stride pattern that's the drain bit that probably almost worse than hitting a hurdle um, from all of your incredible achievement in athletics, what is the one moment race that gave you the most satisfaction? Oh, um, I think, do you know what? It's, it's, there's, there's probably three, really. Um, one is obviously that Olympics because it is something that I dreamt about. It's the ultimate. It's only ever four years and, you know, it's, it's hard to get. I think... The following year when I broke the world record and won the world, there were so many things that went against me. There was, you know, being ill, um, the pressure, expectation, and nearly didn't get onto the start line. And I just learned so much about myself, about mental strength, mental ability, and just belief. And it, I think it blew me right away. But, you know, I loved that. And I think one of the other highlights was... Um, I think it was the World Cup in, and it was the final points in the relay on the last leg at Gateshead. And it was just the most amazing uh, feeling to be part of that team and not just the relay team, but the whole of the Great Britain team and to captain it. And it was just, yeah, and we did amazing. And I think that that was such a, a real highlight for me as well. Um, have Sally ever considered commentary career on TV? I did, I was 10 years. Uh, working for the BBC, which I absolutely loved. Um, and then in the end, I guess I left John at home with, with three young boys and, and then athletics was on every weekend. So we were all over the world and all over the country, uh, across countries, indoors, you know, all major championships. And yeah, and it was hard leaving the kids and, um, and John with three young boys. Um, so decided that after 10 years, I'd had an amazing time just being on that front line, uh, punditing and then doing the interviews as well in, in Athens and things like that. So it was unbelievable, but it was time to move on as well. Uh, do you think you train too hard and would you train more stroke less now if in the same position? Um, I think I was trained exactly the same. You know, it, I had the results that I needed. 
Um, I think um, little things that I probably would have changed is knowing as you get older um, and as the, the niggles and the injuries come, but realizing you don't have to train to the extent that you were and that it's sort of in the bank and um, I'm just being much more targeted with the type of training. So that would have been towards the end. But yeah, I mean, I, I knew I had to train hard and um, and I loved it. And, you know, and I, I love that feeling when I finished. I didn't like the feeling when it, when it was going on, but I love that feeling when it was finished. So no, I wouldn't change anything. Um, how were you monitored your, by your coach and what tools and sessions are applied to measure progress? So we would have um, key sessions that we did. It wouldn't be all the time. Um, you know, we'd race indoors in the winter because that was a bit of a target of how much work we'd done. We, we would never do it, you know, off of a main thing. We'd do it just ease down for a couple of weeks. So that gave us a target of whether we'd put the hard work in. And then I would have a few key sessions that I would do before I'd go out there and race. And one of them was a, a 400 hurdles over 12 hurdles. So I knew exactly sort of what times I had to hit to be able to do that. Um, and they just gave me just markers. And we always used to do a 300 session. Uh, it wasn't on the track, it was sort of on the gravel and, and I could see the progression. And that was sort of like a, a weekly session that we do. So you could see the progression on that, um, which was a key one. So yeah, we, we didn't do lots of measuring. We didn't do lots of you know sports psychology, uh, physiology or anything like that. It was much more done by, the actual sessions and how I felt and I was very much on somebody that had to have consistency and uh, you know and putting it in the bank so I knew if I had a good three months of you know training consistently then I knew I was I was up there and I wasn't far off. Uh, what was your favourite and least favourite training sessions? My favourite training session are hill sessions um, and I still do them now because I just love them and I guess I don't know that they they hurt for a bit don't they but um, I quite like the speed of them and the jog back and and stuff like that and I think that was a real key session as well my worst session was oh yeah horrible the long track session of the week it was always the killer it was always the one that was on the the training plan I'd have my training plan three months of it ahead of me so I used to look at some of these sessions thinking oh absolutely dread that session um, and it probably would have been a, a, an up and down session so I probably would have started at 200 and gone up to 600 and then back down with sort of like three four minutes recovery um, at the top end and a bit shorter on the way down so yeah it was just about timing it right and you know and just making sure that you, you hit it right so that was probably the worst how much coaching does Sally do in athletics now um, I leave that very much to John and the elite group down here but I'm usually a bit of a sounding block um, you know we were just talking just now about you know training camps and races and trying to plan this year for Tokyo so yeah, you know, even though I'm not on the front line and you know, sometimes hold the stopwatch if there's you know a few people doing different sessions, but he does makes all the sessions and, and puts all the work in and I'm just a sort of like the sounding block and what do I think and, and stuff like that, which is I think is a is a great teamwork. Uh, would Sally have one uh, rather won an individual or a team Olympic? 
gold medal. Um, definitely individual. Um, I always remember, you know, at school playing in, I don't know, the hockey team or the netball team. And I was always like, why isn't everybody, you know, doing the same and working hard? Why I felt like I had to always pick everybody up and run around. So I was much more of an individual person. I like to take responsibilities for my own actions. And, you know, and even though I had an amazing team of people that got me there with the coach and psychologist and all these other people, uh, which was so key, um, you know, it was, it was, I guess on the day, it was, it was me that had to perform. And if I, didn't it was me that mucked up it wasn't anybody else and I and I and I liked that feeling and uh, and took full responsibility but don't get me wrong I I love the relay and you know after doing an individual event the relay was just so much fun and you could look around you could you know have the camaraderie I would chat which I didn't used to chat very much before a race or anything like that but on this occasion after after doing the individual I just love the relay so yeah probably but yeah it's, it's definitely an individual thanks for listening to this episode of ask the athletes if you love what you heard then please subscribe to the podcast it means you'll be notified when a new episode is out and you can also like and leave a review and if you felt inspired or just really want to listen to it on a walk jog or while training then please share it with others as it may make a difference to them. Stay tuned for next week's episode, but until then, goodbye.